Welcome to Design Lessons, the podcast where we design our teaching days to be fulfilling for us and irresistible to our students. I'm Dr. Michelle Schmidt-Moore, and instructional design is my superpower. Each episode, we will take actionable steps to create great teaching days. We'll focus on mindset, real-world opportunities, and critical and creative thinking for us and our students. So, whether you're on your commute to school, walking your dog, or doing the dishes, let's start designing. Hey, designers. We've been talking about what it means to be a thought leader. We started talking about that in episode 24. But really, in thinking about how thought leaders must operate, it got me thinking about how do you best structure your day to bring you the most joy and the most productivity? Now, I first heard about the concept of an ideal week from Michael Hyatt, who is a productivity expert. And I thought I would combine the concept of an ideal week with energy management in a way that could not only help me, but also my students. Now, my students have been virtual all year long, and I'm teaching at the virtual school in my district. And that said, that this technique would work for students and teachers um, who are hybrid or face-to-face. So per usual, we're going to start with ourselves. Now, and the reason that I always start with us trying out an experience is that once you've experienced something, then you are much more easier for you to teach it. So I started with the question, how does creating an ideal week help you to be more productive and also have time for your passion project, for your family, for your work, for your students? And so that's why I want to couple the ideal week with energy management, because it's really not about time management. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's really about When do you have the energy and how much energy you have in order to get things done? And then also, what are those activities that are going to generate energy for you? So I've broken it down into a three-step process. So step one, you're going to get a piece of paper um, from your notebook. um, And basically what you're going to do is write down all of the things that you do in a week. So I'll give you some examples from my list giving feedback on students' papers, um, lesson planning, um, attending my collaborative team meeting, which by the way, this year I am very blessed and have a fabulous CLT. We're very generous and collaborative, and that's true most years. Um, I have time, morning me time. It's the time I like for gratitude at journaling and for food planning and figuring out that just that one thing, I call it the daily one, that I'm going to get done that day that'll make me feel successful. Um, Exercise, uh, researching and writing for the podcast, of course, recording the podcast and sharing the podcast, Um, meeting with my accountability groups. I've got two. I've got one for fitness and I have one um, that's sort of around my podcast. Of course, doing curriculum development, walking my dogs, Layla and Nero, hanging out with the hubby, Um, And then also just creative time for me. I like, I'm learning how to watercolor. It's totally new for me. Um, But also doing writing and cooking, um, all of those things that I enjoy doing, reading. So you probably also, well, actually take a moment now, pause 
the uh, podcast if you haven't already and go ahead and do step one, right? Make your list of all the things that you do each week. So let's move on to step two. Now in step two, you're going to rank your list based on energy and joy level. So put those activities that bring you the most joy and provide you with the most energy at the top of the list and put the things that bring you the least amount of joy and that suck your energy, put those at the bottom of the list. And then also take a look at your list. Are there any uh, joy sucking or energy sucking activities that you can get rid of? then go ahead and get rid of them, right? Take them off of your ideal week. Now, granted, we all know that there are activities that we all need to do um, and that we can't get them off our list. But if there are things that you can um, prune, then that would be, now would be the ideal time to do that. Step three, okay? So if you are a kind of a bullet journal or notebooker, you're gonna maybe want to create um, an ideal week. Create a, a week spread basically in your notebook or if you're a person who likes to use Excel and all the colors that come along with that, um, you can make um, an Excel sheet, whichever works best for you. Now I like to start my weeks going from Monday to Sunday so my weekend days are together because those are most alike for me but whatever suits you best of course. And then um, time-wise you're going to start when you generally wake up and then take that all the way to when you generally go to bed. But you also kind of want to think about how many hours of sleep you need in order to be the ideal you. Now, so you've got, you've prepped your paper, you're ready to um, fill it in. Now, block off, we're moving on to step four, block off time for your high joy and high energy producing tasks, either at the beginning beginning or the end of your day. And by that, I mean really look for when is your most productive time. So I am very much an early morning person. So I place all my energy generating and creative tasks for the early morning. Now your most productive time may be more toward the evening. And if that's you, then of course you want to put those tasks toward the evening. But you also want to be a little bit strategic. Like Fitness for me is an energy generating task. Like if I'm going to go for a run or if I'm going to do some strength training, that really generates um, energy for me. It also, it's not like a joy factor when I first start out, but by the time I'm done, I'm really happy, right? I feel like I've made all the the serotonin and all the things that are supposed to make, or is it dopamine? (laughs) One of those things. Um, that makes you feel good. So sometimes, um, depending on my day and depending on how I need to structure it, sometimes I'll put the exercise in the afternoon in order to give myself a boost. I'll do it like right after school. Other times I do it um, before school. All right, so let's, I'll tell you what a typical day looks like for me or an ideal day looks like for me. Each day is going to be different. Um, But for instance, I schedule from 5.30 to 7.30 in the morning. Remember, I'm a morning person. That's my morning me time. That's when I do my gratitude journaling, my food planning. And I really decide on what's that one thing. If I get that thing accomplished today, I'm going to feel good. So pick one thing. Even though there might be millions of things I need to get done that day, pick the one thing that has to get done that day or that you get to get done that day. Also, during that morning time, I usually work on the podcast Um, and so I do all of that before school. 
Then from 7.30 to 3.30, that's my school time and I block that off for school. Of course, that's the time where I schedule lesson planning and grading and feedback um, and of course, live sessions with students and so forth. Um, so that's all those things that go along with school. Now, as you're scheduling your school section, I want you to think about um, your planning time, right? So when that normal planning time is sectioned off for you and think about where your energy is within that planning time and then schedule your tasks accordingly um, so that, you know, maybe you've got your high energy stuff right in the beginning of your planning, or maybe you need a little bit of buffer time till you're ready to get started. But just so you're using your planning time sort of optimally so that you can, when you leave school for the day, um, you can leave school and then go do, you know, your family stuff when you get home. Um, so that's just one way of just making that planning time really more productive by really thinking of thinking it through and also time blocking it into 25 minute segments so that, you know, you're going to work. I'm going to grade papers for this amount of time. I'm going to lesson plan for this amount of time. I have this, these sets of meetings for this amount of time, and that's going to vary. You know, maybe your Mondays is paper grading day and Tuesdays is meeting day and Wednesdays is, um, planning day. Just think strategically about your planning time and block and, and time block things for that. Okay, so I told you before that I put um, 3.30 to 5.30 is my movement time. Um, and that is also time where I might be taking the dogs for a walk. But basically, this is like my energy, energy generating time. It's also my transition time for my day. And of course, I wind down my day with uh, more time hanging out with Christian, my husband, and also um, my accountability groups um, usually happen in the evening. And so depending on the day, I'll, I'll put, in, put in those. Since I'm an early riser, I actually start my evening routine um, around 8 p.m. So this idea of having a morning routine and an evening routine, um, I like to ease into both of those things. So morning routine helps me ease into the morning. Evening routine does the same. Um, and let me tell you, I want to make sure that you block in sleep, block in eight hours, if that's your number, um, because that is the thing that will help you be invincible throughout the day. Sleep is the number one thing. So map out your ideal day for each day of the week and think about when is the most valuable place or valuable time to put your joy and your energy generating activities in, in order to make your most productive day. Now, we've done it for ourselves. Let's really start thinking about our students. I think that this can really be powerful for students as well. If we teach them how to judge how to design their day, especially our students who are distance learning, that this can be really powerful for them. I think most students aren't thinking about their day in terms of when they have the most energy um, to get things done. And it's particularly for our students who are distance learning, where they have a little more flexibility in their day, and they've really never had so much freedom in their day. So structuring their day based on their energy levels and their priorities is really going to help them be successful in the distance learning environment. And also, studies show that the more self-regulated a student is in terms of monitoring their time, 
the more successful they will be with distance learning. You know, and even in a face-to-face classroom, students have busy lives, right? How much autonomy can you give them in your class? How can you help them prioritize their schedule given the constraints of their day. So I think this is really worthwhile, teaching this strategy of managing your energy and really thinking about what are those activities that give you energy versus those activities that take it away and where do you need to structure those in your week and where do you need to structure those in your day. So let's do a little bit of a recap. Schedule your joy and energy-producing activities in the parts of your day that they are most productive, that make you most productive. Two, choose one thing that you're going to get done that day and schedule that first. Make sure you build in some gratitude time into your day because that way you will start your day in your morning routine in a positive space and you'll also end your day in that positive space as well. And the number one thing to take away, get enough sleep. It is truly a magical elixir and it will indefinitely make you the most productive um, and honestly the happiest that you will ever be if you are getting enough sleep each night. So go ahead, if you haven't already done so, along along with me along the way, create your ideal week in your notebook or your spreadsheet, whatever lights you up. And also, um, be sure to let me know if you're thinking about coming to the Uncover the Leader in You Coaching Week. That's where we're going to mine what it means to be a creator and thought leader and take actionable steps to level up the curiosity and joy in our teaching lives. And by the end of our time together, you are going to have a concrete plan to support your life as a creator, thought leader, and educational change maker, which is really going to focus and energize your teaching life. Now, right now, there's a wait list at michelleschmidtmore.com. Add your name to it because putting your name on it lets me know that you find this idea interesting. I'll know who to send the invitations to first and how much of my famous mac and cheese I should bring to the party. Until next time, designers. This is a More Creative Learning production hosted by Michelle Schmidt-Moore and edited by Christian Schmidt. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.